0: Uh, hey everybody, this is the podcast for The Center Review. My name is Ben Cazava, um and I'm here with Delaney if you want to say hi. Hi! Uh, we're both editors at The Center Review and we've decided to bring back the podcast that we started uh, probably about a year ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, The Center Review is a CM run, CMU-run literary journal and we publish work by current CMU students. Every semester we hold a reading um, where we show those the work off for those students. Um, we just wanted to come in and talk about some poems that we liked. Uh, typically, with the previous podcast, we talked about um, writers who who were in the edition, or I think we talked with professors too. Uh, this time around, we just wanted to talk about a book that we are re- really digging lately. Um, and I guess if you wanted to talk a little bit about the book, Delaney, that would be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so... We're going to be talking about Black Aperture, which is a collection of poems by Matt Matt Rasmussen. That's a lot of M's. Um, It is a National Book Award finalist and also winner of the Walt Whitman Award for the Academy of American Poets. Um, The collection of poems focuses a lot on the suicide of the author's brother. Um, So it deals with a lot of themes of grief, loss, Uh, Lots about memory, Mm -hmm. um, time.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, something that was really interesting for me before we dive into the poems is that um, because, like, he's talking about a suicide, it's not, like, universal grief that he seems to be talking about. Um, He talks about the suicide as a very particular sort of death, which is kind of interesting. Um, But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to get in with uh, the poem that serves as the title for the book. The title is Black Aperture, and this poem is called Aperture, so I just wanted to read it. And we could talk a little bit about that, if that's all right, Delaney? Yeah, go for it. Ready. righty, so it's Aperture. Opposite of closure, a suicide's grave never grows over. My imagination carves each memory of you smaller and smaller into dust. The fall after you murdered you, I burned your letter in a mound of leaves on our lawn. Blackened grass, stairwell of ash... A greener door grows there now, but not in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really wanted to talk about this poem um, because of the word aperture. Obviously, that that serves as part of the title for the book, and I think it's a really interesting way to talk about um, death and loss. Because when you think about aperture, you think about that, that bit on the camera that, like, mm-hmm. opens and closes. And um, one of the arguments that the poet makes here in, like, the first couple lines is that um, when somebody commits suicide you never actually, like, get over that that loss. It's not something that um, the grief doesn't just end. It's something that can open and close mm-hmm. um, over and over again, um, which I think is something that's explored a lot in, uh, in this poem particularly, but a lot, like, throughout the book. Um, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on the poem that you wanted to talk about, maybe?
1: Yeah, I mean, that aperture uh, concept, that opening and closing of um, a camera, but also, like, a wound... Um, constantly revisiting, and that's kind of touched on in that line about how uh, suicide's grave never grows over. It never quite fully heals. Um, I was also interested in aperture because of that camera imagery, so that memory, that continuously looking back on Mm -hmm. one image is really interesting, but also the fact that each time you look back at that memory, it gets less honest and less honest, that smaller and smaller into dust, as he says, um, it just changes over time and slowly you forget things and change things and romanticize things. And
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And there's so many feelings in this poem. There's blame and sadness. Um, that line, you murdered you.
0: Yeah, that really stood out to me, too, because mm-hmm. typically you hear like you killed yourself or you committed suicide. <clears throat> you committed suicide is really, like, an interesting, like, phrasing because that mm-hmm. really, it almost, like, sterilizes the thing. But mm-hmm. with this line, you murdered you, um, it's it's almost, like, accusatory, which is really interesting when you're talking about, like, a book about grief. Um, he doesn't, like, ever seem to, like, come to terms with, like, the suicide. Instead, he's just kind of looking at it as this strange event because it kind of is a strange event. Yeah. Um, I think I, I read an interview with Matt once where he said, uh, oh, what was it? Um... His brother never, like, showed overt signs of mm-hmm. depression. So when he did commit suicide, it was kind of like a shock for him. And since that moment, like, he had to reimagine who his brother was, mm-hmm. which I think is reflected in the the line about carving the imagination smaller and smaller. Because, like, the image of that person that's now gone changes, like, dram- dramatically the more that you revisit yeah. the event.
1: Absolutely. And I remember him saying something about how he doesn't want to ignore all of the feelings involved, like, that... There's, of course, anger. There's um, this, why did you do it? But also, he addresses more than why did it happen, but but the what now. And I think I read that in an interview where he was very focused on, okay, so this has happened. What now? What do I do? And he's very consumed with the moment after. Like here, he's saying the fall after I burned your letters. Like, what do you do once someone is done Yeah. That to themselves. Yeah, definitely.
0: It almost sounds in those last lines that he's like trying to move on by burning the letter, but like the simple fact that there's a poem about this shows that like even though that event tried to close the wound, like it opened Mm. back up for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the next poem then?
1: Yeah. Which one do we read next?
0: I think it would be after suicide.
1: Oh boy, here we go. We gotta find it.
0: I think it's near the beginning of the book.
1: Ah yes, you are correct. Oh wait. Goodness gracious. Flipping through a book of poems is. There we go. It's dog it. eared. Okay, after suicide. <clears throat> a hole is nothing but what remains around it. My brother stood in the refrigerator light, drinking milk that poured out of his head through thick black curls down his back into a puddle, growing larger and larger around him. My body stood between the living room and kitchen, one foot on worn carpet, one on cold linoleum. He couldn't hear his name clouding from my mouth, settling in the fluorescent air. I wanted to put my finger into the hole, feel the smooth channel he escaped through, stop the milk so he could swallow it, but my body held as if driven into place. The milk on the floor reflected the light, then became it. Floated upward and outward, filling every shadow, blowing the dark open.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think that's my favorite poem in the book. Um, What draws you to this one in particular?
1: Well, there's that incredible image, that image of... um, him standing, drinking milk, and it coming out of the hole that a gunshot wound would leave in the back of his head. Yeah, and it's weird because it's almost comical.
0: Yeah, like it's it's. There's a lot of dark humor throughout the book, and here's like one of those moments where this is like a pretty serious thing, but I couldn't help but laugh a little bit. When yeah, I read it for the first time. And and then he, I felt bad about laughing about it.
1: Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's always that strange impulse of like that laughing at a funeral, that dark humor. Yeah, that. Um, and it's kind of a coping mechanism to have these wild images. Yeah, there was, like,
0: that one moment uh, in this poem where he wants to, what was it, um, stick his finger through the yes. hole. Which oh. is just, like, so gross to me. But, like, it's such an interesting way to talk about, like, this very serious thing.
1: But also he wants to stop the milk so he could swallow it. He wants yeah. to help.
0: And It's its so rough.
1: But he's stuck. He And he says he's his body stood between the living room, one foot on worn carpet, one on cold linoleum. He's so trapped in between. Um, what to do? Yeah, whether to walk away or to do something.
0: Yeah, this was—I think this was the first <coughs> poem I ever read by Matt. Mm-hmm. And like that—that that first couplet, "A hole is nothing but what remains around it—is mm-hmm. something that I always come back to every time I like think about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of what you were just talking about um, with the last poem about like, well, what do you do from here after this terrible thing has happened? And like the the observation that he makes is like, after somebody commits suicide, like the things around that person are the things that are most affected uh, Mm -hmm. to some degree and I just think that that phrasing a hole is nothing but what remains around it it's just Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just great to hear
1: I I've been experimenting a little bit with that actually that um hole and um it's like it sucks you in and it kind of you're so aware of its presence but it's a nothing it's an absence yeah it it's really compelling yeah definitely absolutely Want to move on to the next one? Sure, why not? You go ahead. I think the
0: next one is reverse suicide. Uh, throughout the book, I think that there are three poems um, with the title su- or with the name suicide in the title. Title. You have after suicide, after suicide again, and then reverse, reverse suicide. suicide. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Uh, let's see if I can find that. This one. This one
1: really gets into time.
0: Let's yeah. This one's this one's really pretty crazy. <laughs> let's see where it's at. All right. So reverse suicide. The guy dad sold your car to comes back to get his money, leaves the car. With filthy rags, we rub it down until it doesn't shine and wipe your blood into the seams of the seat. Each snowflake stirs before lifting into the sky as I learn you won't be dead. This this unsuffering ends when the mess of your head pulls together around a bullet in your mouth. You spit it into dad's gun before arriving in the driveway while the evening brightens and we pour bag after bag of leaves onto the lawn. Wait for them to leap onto the bare branches.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And what's really cool about this poem is that, as the title suggests, everything's (coughs) moving in reverse, Mm -hmm. um, which is just like a... It's such an interesting statement to make because like, one thing that a lot of people tend to do um, when they lose somebody is they they, th- they think about like what could I do to turn back time mm-hmm. to a moment where where the brother is or where the person who's gone is alive again mm-hmm. um, and the way that like this poem does it is so interesting so for instance there's that line that says I learn you won't be dead um, it doesn't say I learn that you're alive they mean very similar things but in this context like they're two very different statements instead of reversing time it's kind of he's kind of like learning a different truth mm-hmm. um, which is kind of an interesting way to think about that um, and then obviously like that visceral moment where like the unsuffering ends when the mess of the brother's head wraps around the bullet mm-hmm. is I don't know like that strikes me again as something that is almost a little bit humorous but as you read it you feel bad for laughing a little bit yeah
1: um, and that line about spitting the bullet back into the gun—that really, that really got me because, yeah. like, it's such a, it's such a weird concept to play that back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, this kind of reminds me. I know there was another one that messed with time where everything slowed down yeah. as they, as someone shoots a deer. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, that, feeling of time—time just passes really strangely when something traumatic happens. Yeah. But, and so playing with that in these poems is just so, um, oh, what's the word? I don't know. It's just, it's so incredible. It's yeah. an art.
0: One thing that really struck me about this poem is, like, the first the <coughs> first couplet, um, the guy Dad sold your car to comes back to get his money is, like, just so nonchalant. Like, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a serious thing. It feels um, real. Yeah, it feels like something that could happen. Like, the, the wording is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as you move on into the poem, you realize that, like, time isn't happening the way that you would think it would. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a poem that I come back to all the time when I'm looking for inspiration on how to to phrase things. Mm -hmm. I think something that's really important as a writer is to read as much as you write. Um, That's where most of my ideas come from. Uh, A lot of the best poets say that they steal from other ones, and I think it's important to to try to find books and poems like these um, to keep you excited about poetry, and this is (coughs) one of those poems that does that for me.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And that... um I know that he does a lot of work with leaves, like leaves figure in very. He, he, I think he has a, a poem called another a poem
0: p- in which leaves figure <laughs> prominently. Another
1: poem, because yeah. there's so much leaf imagery, um, and it's funny how, again, when something traumatic happens, those little things mean so much, and that you keep coming back to them. Like, oh yeah, the leaves were falling. I remember. It's like when someone's like, I remember where I was when 9/11 happened. Yeah, like, and it's I usually not a
0: very serious like. Th- Moment that they were in, or thing that they were doing, but it becomes like this very significant thing Mm -hmm. because of the the traumatic event that must have happened like directly afterward.
1: And that's what one of the strengths of poetry is being able to take something so small and make it relay to others what the significance is. Yeah, or even like
0: try to analyze what the significance might be. Yeah, sometimes you don't know that.
1: It's comforting to put symbolism into the world. (laughs) Yeah, there isn't any, so. I mean, there is. Like, we assign some symbolisms to things, but, like, leaves falling at the time of a suicide, they don't have any correlation, but suddenly, to you, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to move
0: to the last poem, then?
1: Yeah. Let's find it. All right. It
0: should also be dog-eared. Oh, boy. Is it Chekhov's gun? Yes, it was.
1: Let's see. That one's... Right there. Okay. Chekhov's gun. Nothing ever absolutely has to happen. The gun doesn't have to be fired. When our hero sits on the edge of his bed contemplating the pistol on his nightstand, you have to believe he might not use it. Then the theater is sunk in blackness. The audience is a log waiting to be split open. The faint scuff of feet. Objects are picked up, shuffled away. Other things are put down. Based on the hushed sounds, you guess a bed. Some walls, a dresser—you feel everything shift. You sense yourself being picked up, set down. A cone of light cracks overhead. The audience eyes flicker toward you like droplets of water.
0: Man, that's another one of those in the book that just like gets me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, that first sentence there—nothing ever <coughs> absolutely has to happen—is mm-hmm. man—that sets the tone for that. It sets the tone for the book for me, but particularly for this poem.
1: And I didn't, I didn't know what Chekhov's gun was when yeah. I read the book, so I remember asking you, do you want to explain it?
0: Oh, shoot, it's been a while. I don't think I quite remember.
1: So it's when a, when a prop's introduced in a play. Yeah. Um, it has to be used by a certain time in the play. I can't remember which act. Yeah. Like, there was a rule about which, which act it should be yeah, used Yeah, yeah,
0: that does ring a bell.
1: So, like, if you introduce a gun...
0: You have to assume that it's going to be used, but this yes. poem is kind of like a fight against that. Like, you have to believe that the the person might not use it i think is one of the lines Mm -hmm. in there
1: and the the tension of okay here's this prop here it is it's there and there's that tension like you know it's gonna happen but you have to believe maybe that it won't and then it always is you're always surprised in spite of yourself yeah which ugh that's a lot yeah definitely also that if the audience is a log waiting to be split open that we're all just so like vulnerable and sitting there waiting for the axe to come down like, yeah like kind of what you
0: just you just mentioned like you know the thing has to be used but you have to, like, you hope that it isn't but you're surprised when it is yeah that uh, that's reflecting this line you're a log waiting to be split open mm-hmm. you know that you're gonna be split open even though you might be surprised <clears> when <throat> it finally does happen
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know actually and I, I um, I wasn't sure about that last line I wasn't sure exactly what was going on, the audience eyes flicker towards you like a drop like droplets of water mm-hmm. I was trying to make sense of that and you know, one thing about poetry is sometimes you have to admit, yeah, I don't know I don't know, it's, yeah, I, I can't figure out why, I love the image it,
0: Same, I think the way that I reconcile it uh, I mean this is could be incorrect but at least for me it like brings a feeling that the audience is like in an emotional state um, during this this event, um, which also, is yeah there's the, no
1: wrong answers Ben this is sure, poetry
0: sure but yeah, <laughs> definitely the droplets of water bit kind of suggests that to me um really what draws me to this poem though are those first couple of oh, absolutely. first couple of couplets
1: couple couple couplets yeah <laughs> and most of most of the book is written in couplets those those pairs of lines, except for a couple, which are written ha, a couple. I'm so done. <laughs> so uh, funny. A couple that are written in uh, tercets.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. But for the most part, the book is entire, entirely in couplets. Yeah. Um, which is obviously reflective of the fact that like it's a book about a person and his brother.
1: Yeah. Um, uh,
0: man, the whole, the, a lot of the poems just seem really tight and concise yeah. and like matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the first line of this poem again. Nothing ever absolutely has to happen. Mm-hmm. The gun. That's the first line in the poem it's so concise and to have like the gun oh, hang there as the, as the line but it
1: hangs there just like the prop. Yeah. Oh Ben, I'm emotional okay <laughs> But also the fun thing to do with poetry is to sit there and like take a line out of its context and be like, wow, that because when you're reading a poem you read the one line and then there's that brief moment before you read the next where you haven't recognized it yet so mm-hmm. it has its own, its mean own meaning in itself. There. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's one of those moments where it's really strong. Oh yeah. Um, and I just, again, going back to this first line again, I think it's so important because he's saying like, my brother didn't have to commit suicide, but the reality is is that it did happen, and now the speaker is forced to deal with that, which I think is a lot of what this book is talking <clears> about. It's just a person trying to deal um, with an event that's hard to deal with.
1: And being like a helpless audience member, like, yeah, it happened. There's nothing I can do now. The, the play goes on. Yep. The show must go on, is, which is cheesy. But, you yeah. know. Uh,
0: yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts about the book? I just – this is a book that I always come back to when I'm feeling like a little bit drained on poems because uh, it just gets me excited again.
1: <clears throat> and it can be kind of taxing to, you know, sit and read this book all the way through and dwell on all that grief and pain, but it's, it's cathartic and it yeah. gives you a lot of um, – a lot of really incredible images that I don't know, try to make sense of something that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I wish I could read more out of this book because there are just so many poems that like Mm -hmm. they just do a lot of things poetically and technically that I feel like the mechanics of the poems are very strong. Absolutely. There's a lot to learn from from there. Um, But I feel like that's about all the time that we have. Um, Yeah,
1: Um, we'd like to invite you all to come to our reading. Our next edition, our spring edition will be Coming out shortly. We are done with submissions as of midnight today, so by the time you're listening to this, we'll probably be done with submissions. Yep,
0: definitely. Um,
1: but we invite you to come pick up your copy at our reading uh, April 21st. Yep,
0: it'd be April 21st. Um, you can follow us or like us on Facebook. Uh, should just be Center Review if you want to mm. keep updated on that sort of stuff. Um,
1: yep. It'll be in the Baber Room in the library. Yep. yep, definitely. And you can find the event on the internet, handy dandy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and we just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in for our first podcast of the semester. Hopefully there'll be a couple of more. Mm -hmm. Um, And We'll talk to you soon. See ya. guys if you're liking this podcast and others always check us out on itunes or soundcloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live you can also check us out at cm-life.com
1: be sure to check out our facebook and our twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on
0: campus